0: Hey everyone,
1: welcome to the Delta Flyers. We are a weekly podcast that discusses episodes of Star Trek Voyager in chronological order. Your two fantastic hosts along this podcast journey are myself, Garrett Wong, AKA Ensign Harry Kim, and Robert Duncan McNeil, who portrayed Lieutenant Thomas Eugene Paris. If you're interested in either an extended version of this podcast or the extended video version of this podcast, both of which include added amazing bonus segments, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers and sign up to become a patron.
0: Amazing. That was amazing.
1: I'm really, really just trying to get more ASMR, kind of more gentle kind of delivery. Yes.
0: Yeah, I moved, you know, here's the thing, Garrett. I can tell something already because I'm in Vancouver right now and uh, I'm in my new apartment. I'm here for the year to work and I uh, have a new setup and I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy with Ugh. my, listen to the sounds of my microphone. I, I, like I feel like this is a good setup I got going right here.
1: That you know, it's, it's a marked difference between where you were at your temporary digs in yes. Vancouver before yes. this, I could tell you had sort of a gloomy kind of
0: outlook. It was, glo- yes, happy. <laughs> That was bad. <laughs> you it was so <laughs> depressing. Horrible jazz was being played outside of your window. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. The other thing is like my house in Atlanta, in Dunwoody, Georgia, um, which I just sold. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. But uh, uh, when we would record there, my office was in the back corner and my neighbor had a bunch of chickens and she even had geese for a while. So I don't know if you remember, like you could hear the chickens. I did not hear chickens. It wasn't that far away. You could hear the chickens, you could hear the geese. It was right back in the corner, and so here I am in Vancouver in a beautiful, (laughs) quiet, um, very comfortable place, and I can hear the difference. I can hear the positivity in my Uh, voice.
1: (laughs) I'm guessing that you're fairly close to a retail district. Is that correct? Because yeah, you I mean, mentioned Nordstrom's earlier. You were at Nordstrom earlier. Yeah, Did we're not too far. There? We're
0: in the center of everything. We can walk to everything. Okay. It's really great. Yeah, I love where we See, are. It's really can't, nice. You can't be very beat lucky. That. Yeah. yeah, very happy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. In
1: fact, we're both in Canada, actually. So I'm I know. I know. Right now, and you're in Vancouver right now. That's crazy. So please tell me, what hat are you wearing?
0: This is a hat Rebecca got me for some holiday, something. It says Vancouver Royals. Right. Yeah, this was uh, an old vintage baseball hat from the uh, minor league baseball team, I think, that was played here in Vancouver. So, uh, yeah, it's a huh. nice wool, old old school vintage hat. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: nice. Yeah. And how apropos that I am wearing the major league Canadian baseball yes. team hat. Yes. We're both wearing Canadian baseball yeah. hats. Yes. One minor league, one major league. Yeah. All right. So right now, um, most of you are familiar with our format. Robbie and I are gonna go ahead and go off and watch the episode and then we're, we're gonna, gonna talk back. Yeah, we're gonna go watch yeah, it. We're gonna go watch it and come back. But for our Patreon patrons, we're actually gonna play a little game where we kind of go through what we remember from just from the title and the brief synopsis that Netflix will provide for us. So yep. um, So thank you everyone. We'll see, see you guys. soon. Hey guys, we are back from watching this week's episode Twisted.
0: Twisted.
1: <laughs> Teleplay by Ken Miller, story by Arnold Rudnick and Rich Hosek. Directed by, and you were right, Robbie McNeil, Kim Friedman directed this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this was a confusing episode. Do you, uh, you want to give your synopsis and then I'll yeah, give my a little a
0: little synopsis. a little synopsis. Um, I would say that this episode is about, um, we're cruising along, uh, it's Kess's birthday, and um, Tuvok and Harry notice something on the bridge, that there's some sort of anomaly up ahead. And this, whatever it is, this energy starts to literally and physically change the structure of the ship. Um, you know, uh, decks are moving around, rooms are moving around. Uh, we can't seem to get anywhere. We try a couple of things, and then eventually we just decide to let it happen. There's nothing we can do. Let's just let this happen. We let it happen. Everyone survives. And we're still baffled by what it was, but there is a big data dump uh, on on the ship's computers and a big download of our own information, but we don't really know much more than that, that there was just a certain amount of data Downloaded and a certain amount put on. We don't. And uh, that's that. A pretty thin plot, <laughs> <laughs> I would say.
1: <laughs> okay, here's my haiku. Okay, let's hear it. Distortion ring here. Balana suggests shock pulse. Tuvok
0: says, don't act. Yeah, that makes more sense than the plot of the episode. Thank you. I think, yes, you did better. You should have been a credited writer. Um, yeah, this is a mess, this one. I, I think. Oh, my uh, goodness. I think our. I mean, here's the thing. Here's, here's what I'll say about it. As I watched it, I started realizing um, this feels like what they were trying to do was a classic disaster movie, like Earthquake or the Poseidon Adventure or Titanic. You know, a disaster movie has a certain certain plot elements and certain tropes or structures that you have to include otherwise you're not really making a disaster movie mm-hmm. um and and I sort of looked up like what are some of the rules of disaster films so like one of the rules is an impending natural disaster something that we know is um greater than all of our power it's a it's a natural disaster that we can't control and there are certain consequences to that natural disaster. So mm. let's see, did we do that in this episode? Not exactly, because we never defined exactly what that impending wave was. It was like just a lot of confusion. So I say no, we did not have an impending natural disaster. Mm-hmm. It, was there a buildup in the plot Or was this an aftermath event? Sometimes the natural disaster movies are like, the thing happens early on, and then how do we rebuild from the natural disaster, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Was there a buildup or an aftermath plot point? No, not really, because there was no ticking clock. There was no concrete awareness of what the natural disaster was, so no buildup, no aftermath, I say no. Was there an individual or a family displaying survival tactics that we focused on, that we invested in? No, I don't think so. All of these things I've said so far, I think we could have had, but we didn't. Mm -hmm. Were there multiple plot lines that often in the natural disaster movies, like the Titanic, you'll have a number of different characters that you follow their journey through the natural disaster, not really. Everybody was kind of focused on the same plot. So mm-hmm. there weren't, I mean, there was a birthday party, and then there was this anomaly. I guess those were the two plot points. Mm-hmm. They didn't really feed back into the natural disaster, so I say no. Is an evil or selfish character who faces justice because of this? No. No, there was nobody. No. <laughs> no. So, you know, I, I say for all of the strengths of a natural disaster movie, this episode if that's what they were trying to do failed on every level Uh, it just didn't have those elements and like i said some of the examples are like titanic or deep impact is another one poseidon adventure earthquake um, even the evil dead movie is a natural disaster you know um, those movies all exemplify that story structure in a, a really good way and that's why they're so successful yeah and this episode didn't seem to adhere to that genre if that's what they were trying to do. And I don't know that they were trying to do it, but I can't, that was the closest I could come is, this was an attempt at a natural disaster movie on, you know, a Titanic version of Voyager that just didn't have the stakes. It just, you know, anyway, we'll get into that. But I I felt like half the episode, people are walking around with tricorders, kind of wandering around, don't really know what they're looking for or what, Mm -hmm there were no stakes that's that's where i i I started wrapping my head around Hmm. why this was not successful for me i could not fit it into a genre that seemed to make dramatic sense in any way yeah
1: i mean i i i think the title of this episode should have been confusion that makes more sense. <laughs> you know? um, although I do want to, I would do want a little props to Paris there. Uh, Paris's line later in the episode says, Paris says, the entire ship has been compressed and twisted. So yes. it's really off of your lines that we have the title of this episode. I right? think
0: Chicote also used the word twisted. I did notice that I that Paris said it, and then Ch- I think Chicote used it later on as well. So.
1: Yeah, but you, you coined it first, though. Yeah, I think Paris right. came up with it, first, which is it. cool. Yeah. Uh, the birthday party, uh, to start off with, I've always felt that our birthday cakes or any cake that we show on Voyager is so odd looking. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it just looked like a piece of styrofoam painted like the galaxy, like that. But we, we use that same looking cake in everybody's birthday or everybody's yeah. celebration. Why? Yeah,
0: I think I I don't know, but I will say when I saw that cake, I think they did have a styrofoam version, yeah. so that so that it was safe, you know, that it wouldn't get damaged. Um, yeah. But I remember that was a really good cake. I remember waiting to eat it, and I was like, "Are we done with the cake? Are we going to cut it up now? Can we eat it?" It was really good. It was, I have to say, it was pretty good. You actually remember eating. I remember the cake? eating that cake. Yes, that cake. <laughs> in that episode. I, re- Yeah, it was something <laughs> to look forward to. It was exciting. Oh yeah.
1: my God, Robbie, for, for your memory being, you know, so spotty in terms of what do we remember and, and, and not knowing what's
0: going on in a lot of the episodes. That, it's, we it triggered a, a memory the- of eating it and going, oh my God, this is melting in my mouth, it was so good. Um, I don't I remember will, eating it on. I will say, so yeah, we do the birthday party We start the birthday party at the beginning of the episode. Then we go to the bridge. There's you and Tuvok. And you see the thing. And you really want to get down to to the party. Tuvok sees this. And you're about to go out. And then then the anomaly shows up. And Tuvok's like, no, you're not going anywhere. But I got to say, you had a lot of, you had like beauty makeup on in that scene, that first scene. (laughs)
1: What do you mean? (laughs) I,
0: I had rarely seen you, Garrett with the makeup where your cheekbones were so highlighted with the blush in just the right way. It was like, it was like glamour. It was like Harry Kim glamour. Did, maybe you got dolled up for the party. Maybe Harry put on a little, <laughs> he put on a little something to get ready for the party. Cause you looked, you were glowing. I don't know what was going on, but you were glowing in that first scene.
1: <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is that sometimes, we wouldn't get, we wouldn't have our normal makeup artist working on our face. Sometimes somebody would yeah would fill in for us. Yeah, we weren't used to doing our makeup. And I do remember there was a time or two that someone would do my makeup, and I would think, oh my god, like I I feel like David Bowie before doing his you know some music video. It, it, yeah. it would be extra makeup, you know. And yeah. I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't be like, hey, what are you doing? I just I just rolled with it, and I just showed up on uh-huh. set with uh, whatever they decided. So if I was extra beautiful or extra beauty make up in this uh, episode. Wow. Just the perfect, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. didn't notice, okay, you noticed that when I was on the bridge, I noticed my hair. More. Really? I, yeah, because it was extra coffee, you know, for some reason, um, and what a lot of people don't know, and you probably don't remember this, but uh, Jose Normand, our head of uh, hair, the hair department um, chair, uh-huh. or whatever you want to call her, she did my hair. And in the beginning, you know, they did all kinds of things to try to make it you know, stay in sh- where it's supposed to stay and not fall. Mm-hmm. And then they started using curlers. Like I would have they to did? show- They did? Yes. Oh my God. I would have to show up extra early to make.
0: You had curlers? Why don't I remember this?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't know this. They had to put curlers in my, you know, women would curl, put curls in sure. her hair. So she put these curlers in. To get it sort of
0: like back and directional. and To oh, get some fluff
1: into it, to see some body to it, to, to make it, yeah. And then once the curlers were done, then then the, the brush with the hair dryer and hairspray and tons of, you wow. know, but it's all started with the curlers and it was this steam-based curler thing that, you know, they'd put in wow. and, and I would have to do that every day wow. Um, as well as getting my hair cut and you probably got your hair cut the same time i did which was once a week
0: right didn't you get a yeah. trim once a week once usually once a week or once an episode which is about every seven days every, yeah every seven, seven work days. days yeah so yeah usually at the beginning of each episode they would trim it up a little yeah my hair didn't grow that fast so they'd hardly do anything but
1: right right but still i always felt like boy that's that's the one great thing that that about this show is that we don't have to go to a salon or a barber yeah. shop and get our hair cut <laughs> like they're yeah. going to take care of it every time yeah. and so for 7 years you know pretty much no expense yeah. was was spent on a barber or a salon so mm-hmm. i don't like that much about it um, but yeah but thank you for bringing up my beauty makeup i did not know that at all it thank was really you. beautiful <laughs>
0: you were you're a beautiful man so at the end of the of the teaser There's a, you know, you guys make a call from the bridge and the word phenomenon, phenomenon, phenomenon. (laughs) Phenomenon. Phenomenon. (laughs) phenomenon. And I was thinking of the Muppets. (laughs) Phenomenon. (laughs) Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah. yes kind of (laughs) did (laughs) that and I was kind of, and then later on I was like, wait a minute, why is, so that, it was cool, it was weird and it was surreal and like, why didn't that happen more? Like if they were trying to create a horror show and yeah. a fun house or a weird house of you know craziness. Yeah. Why weren't all of our communications distorted and twisted? Like it just never there were these kind of little moments where I was like, oh, that's weird and what's going on? And the but then it never sustained. So I wish we had done more of that kind of like weird sound, weird visuals, weird it just wasn't weird enough.
1: My notes on the phenomenon line when Tuvok you know, Tuvok comes on the comm and says we've yeah. encountered an unusual phenomenon. Phenomena. When I heard that, I didn't hear Muppets. I heard some type of electronica track. You know, so this to me was mm-hmm. was the beginnings of you know I'm at a rave basically. Right. What I heard. Right. Like it was, and I'm waiting for the bass to drop at, at that point. But it was uh, um, definitely a nightclub-y kind of thing feeling mm-hmm. that I got mm-hmm. when I heard the phenomenon. Um, the uh, the the gift that you give, uh, Cass. It 2 weeks of replicator rations which you know clearly that's yeah. a lot of replicator rations yeah. and of course that's the way that we had to set up the jealousy issue exactly. once again. What? But you know, this time it was great because it wasn't just jealousy towards you. You remember this? They're in the hallway trying to find Kes's quarters, and all of a sudden, Neelik starts wondering, "How do you know where Ayala is? How do you know where Baxter lives? How do you know yeah. where any of these guys live?" Like it was kind of like, "Whoa, you're really super going off the deep end there." You yeah, know? you're thinking that Kes is hooking up with every member of the crew now because she knows where their quarter is. It's like, well, uh. he did
0: say later on to Chakote, he's like the yeah. green-eyed monster. Monster of jealousy. Like yeah, understand yeah. It. It's taking over actually
1: he called it the didn't he call it the green-eyed pus hog or something like that? Something he had like a really that, yeah. descriptive term for that. Yeah. So yeah. And it's nice that he got some advice from Chakotay. Right? Yeah, that to was a nice little help him out. unexpected moment. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and then Tom Virtue shows up, right? Tom, ba- yeah. uh, Tom Virtue who plays, I like, I just like his name, Virtue, who yeah. plays Lieutenant Baxter. We saw him mm-hmm. way back in the episode where he disses the doctor and talks mm-hmm. only to Kes, right? So I thought that was the only time we really saw him, but here he is in Twisted.
0: I was just gonna say, we get into the act and uh, we realize there's a spatial dis- distortion wave and it's got EM radiation and things like that. Mm-hmm. And two Tuvok chooses to try to go through it, which I think is a very risky move. And he explains why and his logic seems sound, but yet he makes a quick decision that sort of leads us to this plot. I feel like it was a bad choice and there was, you know, we didn't really follow that up. We're like, dude, you got us into this mess. Like we could have tried to turn around and reverse course really quick. There were a number of other options, but instead he's like, nah, let's just Barrel through, so
1: you know when he says, "Let's go through warp three and then I say, "Oh, wait a minute, the warp core is, you know, is, is offline." But so yeah, we actually, yeah, so we actually didn't move at all. I don't think is what I'm thinking, right? So, but yes, he could have said full, you know, full like, reverse. He yeah, could have said reverse. That. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I, I find whoever's in that command position usually Janeway often making choices yeah. where I'm like, oh boy here we go (laughs) you had a couple options (laughs) and you chose the one that's gonna cause trouble uh boy yeah who was it it was Janeway and Paris and Chakotay I think were trying to Mm -hmm. get to the bridge Mm -hmm. there was a moment where we go out we're on the wrong deck and we come back in and Paris is the last one coming back into the turbo lift and as Paris comes by the the camera I, I I said to Rebecca as we're watching I was like you know I made some face like hmm as I walk by the camera and I was like why do I have to give extra all the time like why can't I just walk in why do I have to make like a here we go it's like you're getting extra I did, I did not see that so I you made a like, you, you. I made, made like here we faces go. <laughs> I try to do like sitcom moments like oh boy here we go yeah walking by the camera just I noticed it a lot in this episode like these these little extra Paris eyebrows or line readings I was like calm down buddy just were you were you facial mugging is that was totally facial mugging I I had no idea I was such a (laughs) such a mugger everybody blames like (laughs) you know Picardo or something on that but (laughs) I was a cheese ball like all the time
1: uh, just for the listeners out there when you're when you're training to be an actor one of the things that your your basic acting teacher teaches is like you know stay away from facial mugging and meaning don't act with your eyebrows don't act, you know don't do yeah. all this extra stuff because you don't need it and i remember my my intro to acting teacher in college she was talking about how she had a student that where she literally had to tape his eyebrows down while he was wow. doing a scene because he was so he was so uh it, Overacting with his eyebrows, over animated, uh-huh. don't need anything. It any was me, that. you did that. that I, it's was funny, me. I didn't notice Paris doing that. I really noticed Chicote's reactions, like really, well, yeah. Because when Neelix suggests in, in Sandrine's, he suggests, uh, I can go ahead and, and accompany Commander Chicote because I am, you know, such a good yeah. guide and I know everything about, you know, I'm a tracker. And then it, it cuts to Chicote's face, and Chicote's like. Oh, yeah, I do I mean, remember. He just, that he just has this look of like, oh my God, like, really?
0: <laughs> I, d- I do. This reminds me as you say that, like, I, I noticed as we were watching this, I noticed that we were all together for a lot of this episode in yeah. some dreams or somewhere. And yeah. um, I do remember that now after mm-hmm. watching it again, that we were all together a lot more than usual. Yeah. And, um, and I think all of our frustration, we were kind of winding each other up. I mean, you know, yeah. we were waiting to film scenes like, boy, this makes no sense. Or boy, what are we <laughs> going to do with the scene? Yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, so Kess and Neelix are walking down the hallway looking for her for her quarters. And they get yeah. up there and they barely look at the door. They just kind of glance over and Kess goes, oh, we're in the wrong room. This is somebody right. else's quarter. And my first thought was like, How do you know that they, every door looks exactly the same. Like, how would you, I mean, I know there's a little bit of writing there or something, but for the fans out there, you know, we talk about on, on the show, we talk about like deck 11, deck six, deck one, you know, here, there, you know, somebody's quarter, somebody else's. We had one hallway. We had one set that was a hallway with, you know, five or six doors on it and that's it. That was every deck, every hall, every quarters was right off that one hallway. And we'd we'd just keep going back and forth, making it look like it was bigger. So I don't know how anybody knew where they thought they were at any given time, because it all looks the same, because it's the same hallway.
1: Yeah, but when Kess and and Neelix are, are walking around, like you can see that they're looking at the door as if there's an inscription saying the person's name on each room, like who's staying there. But that wasn't oh, yeah. that wasn't the case. There is no no there was no it didn't say Tom Paris, you know, on the door where your no. quarters were. It was just a door with some markings and some numbers or it something. It
0: did have some numbers, but they were they were it was like a complicated code. Like that was a know. code.
1: That's it. Yeah. No. Right.
0: Yeah. Like so that a bunch of numbers with a dash and more numbers, and like mm-hmm. I don't know how you would memorize everybody's. You know, long form quarters code. Yeah, you wouldn't was, know that. That's impossible. Yeah. It's longer
1: mm-hmm. than a telephone number. Far yeah. longer. Yeah, and with letters too. So no, I I don't think that was yeah. uh, that was re- realistic. I just want to go to when Bellana and you are in six. Bay. No, Balana and you are in engineering. Engineering, in, yeah. Yes, and then she walks towards a door, which is sort of like a side door of engineering or something. Oh yeah. Opens up, and you mm-hmm. see Don my stand-in. Yes.
0: Topless. Who was? Who? By was the way, shape. he was in shape, dude. He was like, he must. I didn't know he lifted like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, good for you. <laughs> he told me. And he that. just sort of froze there. <laughs> She's like, as you were, or something. And he, he just well, he told me. He said production actually
1: approached him and said, "We need somebody to be in a scene with their shirt off. Do you mind? Um, uh, can we look at? We we're thinking we we're gonna we want to use you, John. Do you mind taking your shirt off?" And he said he took his shirt off in front of you know the producers, and like Mary Howard let out like a gasp when she like, saw oh. his neck. Na- you know, yeah, she. Went, <gasps> Just like she was, a, she That's had like a funny. mini, a mini corner, you know, going, oh my god, like that, That's like funny. so muscular, like they really, you know, that she That's had an funny. audible, audible reaction to his shirt coming off, which she felt very <laughs> flattered by. He was like, yeah, I've been working out. So yeah, so that that was a that was an odd scene. I,
0: I completely forgot about that scene entirely. Um, and B'Elanna, who's like this tough character who can handle the toughest situations. She sees John Tempoya with the shirt off <laughs> and she falls back against the wall like, oh, the vapors. Oh I need the va- I've got the vapors. Like, <laughs> she was a mess. Uh, and uh, then you
1: make fun of her too,
0: which was good. Right? Yeah. That little line there. Oh yeah. Another zinger from Tom. Another <laughs> face mugging. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Another We find uh, Neelix and Kess back in the hallway again, lost. Yeah. And Neelix gets kind of wound up, and yeah. Kes walks away. And as Neelix walked off, he was, like, banging his hands against <laughs> yes, yes. his side, <laughs> like this. And I thought, oh, my God. Nobody else can get away with that big of a performance. Like, if Tom Paris went, well, Harry, I, I don't know what... I was like, "Wow, he he went for it, banging his hands."
1: That piece of physical it. comedy was just so quintessential Ethan Phillips, and for him to do it and get away with it, only he could do it. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the I, f- I felt the only comedic scene was when Judy Geeson's character is just macking on the Doctor. Uh, Sandrine is just oh, just yeah. smooching all over the Doctor, which I you know we'd had to have some comedic levity in this.
0: The Doctor at this point has gotten more women than you know more more action than Harry or Tom or Janeway or anyway. The holographic hey. Doctor already by early season two. Yeah. Is getting uh all kinds yeah. of business. So yeah.
1: He, he is. He is. Oh, I also like the way Neelix pronounced Ayala's name. He was like Ayala. If you remember that, he was like,
0: This is where Ayala
1: lives. So I felt
0: like uh Balana in this episode was transitioning from her early Chicote pronunciation, which was Chakote. Chakote Chakote Chicote? Yeah. Chicote. She had both versions in this episode, I noticed Interesting. when she talked to him. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. You know what? We should ask her that when we have her guest
0: on this. I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. She called you Starfleet in this episode. She did. By the way. She
1: did. She did. She said, which is reference to the the pilot. The episode. pilot. Yeah. I I loved it. I wish yeah. she
0: did that for all seven years. That would have been. A great I, I Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I do like that interaction with uh, Kim and Torres. Um, the Jeffreys tube, Kim and Janeway in the Jeffreys tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that was uh. That was not an easy scene to film. Um, I think we spoke at least I have spoken about the Jeffreys mm-hmm. Tube in the past episodes, that um, the way that they built those Jeffreys tubes with those really hard rubber or. I don't, I don't even know if it's, yeah, it's probably rubber, but yeah. the flooring, the flooring of the tube is like, is like, like a great
0: plastic. Great. Right. Gr- oh yeah. It would hurt your, your, your bones. Your knees. Yeah. yeah, Yep. Yep.
1: So then the suggestion was by uh, production was, okay, if it's that painful for you guys, we're going to go ahead and put knee pads on you. But then when, so then danger, you know, our, our stunt coordinator showed up with a bunch of knee pads and when we suck them on, they ended up kind of making the this, this suit, the uniform look weird. You know what I'm saying? It, didn't, it was so yep. bulky underneath that it looked yep. odd. So then we took them off again uh, and then just did the scenes on our knees again. I just kept thinking there's gotta be a better way to do this. You know, yeah. we could have made it out of foam or so, just something that wasn't so hard on the, on the
0: knees. Well, you saved Janeway's life in this episode.
1: I do. You know? I she, do. Uh, yeah.
0: She gets she opens that door and starts to get sucked through with this uh yeah. twisted thing. Yeah. And then and then you grab her from behind, you're pulling her back, which by the way was a little awkward for me to see your positioning behind her and <laughs> both of your expressions. I'm not gonna go into why, but it was awkward. I'll just say it was awkward.
1: Um, I'll, I'll tell you as an actor it was awkward for me to film that too I kept thinking man this doesn't look right I'm gonna be someone's gonna look at this and go
0: what the hell's going on here you know, I, and did. I right I, here I, yeah. I looked yeah. at it and was like whoa whoa now calm down people
1: so I'm pulling on her hips and everything and I fall back and I, I seem to recall this may have been one of the episodes where I split my pants right down mm. the middle, like that, that pulling. And then when she finally gets free of the yeah. distortion, I fell back and landed on the grate, the hard grate, And I think I might've split my pants.
0: She said, uh, uh Mr. Kim, you have been one of the bright spots of this whole mission. Whole mission. You've yeah. exceeded any expectations I might have had of you. This is
1: like the only time that I recall Janeway complimenting Kim yeah, like that. That, that was a big incredible.
0: deal. I didn't even remember this scene. I mean, I, I watched not and I
1: was like, what? Yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. I did yeah.
0: like that. We've got a scene after that with Tuvok and Chakotay talking about chaos and patterns and should they go this way, Tuvok's got a plan. That, mm-hmm. I found that to be the epitome of the problem of this episode. <laughs> it's like they're arguing this sort of intellectual um, analysis of patterns and chaos and I'm like, why don't they write scenes where we see them doing something and the consequent, like the drama of that rather than just okay. standing in a hallway talking. Yeah. To me, that scene, not that they did a bad job. It just was, yeah. there's no way to do a dramatic job of that because you're just sitting there like in a, you know, in a classroom debating philosophy and nothing's yeah. happening. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, did you find the scene where Chakotay dresses down Tuvok
0: and says, I'm the I'm the commander. commander. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, in yeah. Did they,
1: I'm in charge now. Did you find that kind
0: of off-putting or, or odd? Or, or, or are you okay with that? Well, I... I just wanted some drama in the episode. I felt like there was, for an episode that was supposedly about, like I said, a disaster event, yeah. where the ship could have been destroyed and compressed and people changed at their core, or dying, or all of that. There was not much conflict and drama. It was very it was very strange. It was a very strange. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't mind that. I felt like, oh, well, at least there's something dramatic right. happening. I, Right. Yeah, it's just the whole episode felt like Technobabble all the time. And Technobabble can be fine to sort of be some glue that we can move on to the next dramatic scene, but this was like the Technobabble became the whole episode. Yeah, it's just that's not enough.
1: I seem to recall we had a little bit of a good laugh on set after Kate, you know, had a couple of times when she woke up out of her coma and said just gibberish. Oh then my I think, god. I think I think, I think Kate like laughed at the end.
0: Like dog cop. And she's just like doggy doody doggy doggy <laughs> doody da. Yeah. I <laughs> was I was speechless when that happened. Poor Kate, how did she do it? Doggy doody doody daddy doody. <laughs> and again, all of this stuff that was going on in the whole episode, none of it was ever really explained. Like even at the end of the episode, we kind of go, yeah, something happened and there's some data. Cool. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> like, what? Well, that was crazy because you're right. We we get twenty million
1: gigaquads. Yeah, is that right? Giga, Something that like this? that. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, I mean, just
1: huge amount of of information is deposited by this a- alien entity, basically. And I don't think. And we then, ever
0: talk about it again.
1: We don't. tell Yeah. What did they get? What do they tell us? Like maybe yeah. it was the secret to getting back to the Alpha Quadrant. Who knows? But who we are, are they? Know. And I, I don't just know don't anything. think
0: there's any connection to anything. It was like no. I think I feel like I remember at some point someone saying that this episode almost didn't get aired or like they were, they didn't, they weren't happy with the script and then we made it and then they weren't happy with the episode. And they were like, do we even air it? And I don't know. It's, I get why that, that lack of confidence in this episode was there.
1: I almost feel, cause you know, typically when you get a, 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 a script written by, a teleplays written by Ken Biller, you, you've got some, you Ken's some a smart stuff. writer. He's, He's a, a smart good. writer. He's a definitely smart writer. But I'd almost feel like maybe there was some type of personal crisis that he had to deal with at home. And he sat there and said, I'm going to have to phone this one in. I'm just going to,
0: just write the, whatever the heck the, I can do. Yeah, but the thing about writers in television is you can't blame or credit the person whose name is on it necessarily because it's a team effort. Like writing staff, you know, the writing staff works as a team. And so... A lot of times writers are handed an outline Mm -hmm. and they're told write this scene by scene here's the the outline for the episode we want you just to write this and Ken was at that point still a pretty junior writer and I'm sure if he got that assignment he just wrote what they told him it's kind of like us as actors like they hand us a script I can't say to them this makes no sense like that's not my job is to say yeah this writing is horrible my job as an actor is to go all right how can i do this and make it watchable and entertaining and and yeah you know in what circumstance would i act this way and say these things why why is he doing it
1: yeah and i really felt that the stakes they weren't very high at the end you know Mm -hmm. for the actual actual end of this episode when we've all sort of uh, put our faith in tuvok's suggestion of just Mm -hmm. let it Encompass you, let it wash over you. just don't do anything. And so then we all have this moment of like, okay, we might die, so let's sort of have this bonding, the last you know uh, moment of of consciousness, um, and you see Valana connecting with Chakotay about the spirit guide, and then she kind of holds his hand. Mm-hmm. Then you cut to Paris and Kim. And, and Paris, you know, Kim asks, you know, Paris, hey, uh, are you scared? And then you're kind of like, yep. And then uh, and then I'm like, me too. Like, like both of us are yeah. sort of like, you know, there's no, everyone is so calm in the face of death that I'm thinking, hmm, that's, where's the, you know, where's the nerves? Where's the like, I'm gonna yeah. die. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There should have been a little bit of more of that, right? And so you have that connection of of Chicote and Bellana. Paris and Kim. And then the doctor does this full hug with with, with Kess, you know, Neelix definitely should have been pissed mm-hmm. about that, but he wasn't in the room. Um, and then uh and then you have that weird connection where Tuvok doesn't put his hand on Janeway's shoulder, he puts his hand on the chaise lounge that's yeah,
0: who, right you know, near even- near her. <laughs> near her. I mean, this is the thing: is like, what does
1: that say? That moment when I ask you, "Hey, are you afraid?" or whatever. Yeah, you put your hand on me, and then that's when Megan said, "See, see, you two do have a secret relationship." That's yeah, she's after yeah. you did the
0: little thing. I touched like you. You touched like physically. Touched. We have a physical relationship. We yeah. do have a physical.
1: Okay, so what is your? Yeah, what's your theme? What's the
0: underlying message? The only story? thing I could come up with. Mm-hmm. was Tuvok's um, advice for what we should do, which is just to let it happen, to trust yeah. in the unknown, to trust yeah. that um, even though something is very scary and and you can't explain it and you may not even know everything about it, that having some faith and having support of people around you is important and it's and it's gonna be okay. So that was, the, that was for me the underlying theme. The problem is if that's where you end up, often when I was an actor and, and often when I'm a director, I will jump to the last five pages or so of a script and I'll go, what's happening at the end? Like what is the lesson mm-hmm. that they're talking about at the end of this story, before I even mm-hmm. read the story? Like they're talking about friendship or they're talking about faith or whatever the, the thing is. So I get a little hint of what that may be, and then I'll go back and I'll read it with that in mind because I'm looking for how do they set up that idea, the lesson they learn in the end. The classic hero's journey is you leave your normal world, you go through these challenges, you nearly die, and you come back from this adventure with something new, some new wisdom, some new gold of some kind, right? That's the hero's Correct. journey. Yes. So. If that, if Tuvok's lesson, the bigger idea is you've got to have some faith, you've got to trust the unknown, you've got to have good support around you, but ultimately let go of, of trying to control life, then they should have set that up a little earlier. And, you know, um, maybe that was set up in Neelix's jealousy in some weird way. Like he's just got to trust that Cass loves him and stop trying to control it. Or I don't know, maybe I'm stretching here. But it just didn't feel like all these characters had been set up in this disaster movie in that way to learn this lesson to survive because of their cleverness and their survival skills. I don't know. It just it, it felt like a big, a big nothing burger this episode. But I yeah. did love, I did love Janeway going, Doggy Doody, Doggy Doodle Doo Aya. Was,
1: I, would, yeah. I almost feel like maybe the setup was a victim of a rewrite. Maybe there were scenes that, that set it up better yeah, maybe. earlier in this episode that just got canned and maybe. we didn't even know about it. But yeah, but, but my theme would be probably the same thing along the same lines. It's just uh, instead of fighting, you know, sometimes instead of fighting things tooth and nail, uh, sometimes we need to just let it happen mm-hmm. and not, not fight. You know take yeah. take the pacifist version and just let it happen to be perfectly honest, most people don't do that. most people don't let it happen. most people always try to be reactive or be or do something some take some type of action just mm-hmm. to solve something and and really the solution is sometimes in this, it's the episode, beyond
0: your control it's some beyond your control are beyond your control
1: exactly yeah. you just gotta let it happen yeah. um okay, so that's uh yeah that's good Thank that's you. twisted. I yeah, <laughs> that's, that's twisted. twisted. That's confusion. That's confusion, aka confusion. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that that's our that's our our review of this episode this week. Um, yes, it is. This is not our favorite episode. Um, next week we will be reviewing parturition. So that's almost a, yes. that's almost a tongue
0: twister. Parturition, parturition. Parturition.
1: Parturition. So thank you for listening in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That was a fun. I'm
1: one. excited too. Yeah. That should be a good one. All right. right. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you, guys. See you soon.